In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel text for the first Sunday of Lent told us of Jesus' battle against the devil. This week we hear of a different sort of battle. Jacob wrestles and physically contends with someone all night long, and a Canaanite woman doggedly perseveres through all sorts of indignities. What causes many Christians some trouble with these two accounts is that for some inexplicable reason, both of these people, Jacob and the Canaanite woman, are contending with God. That's hard to understand. Why? We can understand fighting and wrestling with the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. But why are these Christians seemingly engaged in a struggle with God? Last week, Jesus showed us how to overcome the devil with the word of God. This week, he teaches us to cling to that word of God, even when it seems as though he himself is against us. The Canaanite woman is a true example of a steadfast and perfect faith. First of all, her faith began, as it always does, by hearing the word of God. Mark tells us in chapter 7 that she had heard a report about Jesus. What sort of report? Certainly that he was kind and good and merciful. And having heard this, faith was kindled in her heart and she ran after Jesus. She understood that she was desperately in need of his mercy. Already her faith sets her far above most. There are people who have heard the good news about Jesus, but they don't come looking for his mercy. Why? Because they don't need to. They are spiritually rich, not poor in spirit. They consider themselves to be good, upstanding people, not poor, miserable sinners. We are, by nature, lost and condemned sinners, and yet part of our wretchedness is that we do not think that we are lost and condemned. So God, who is merciful, must first appear to us as someone other than who he desires to be. He must speak to us at first with the harsh voice of the law. In other words, as Luther would say, we cannot encounter Jesus until we have met Moses. The law of God must teach us to recognize our sins before we are prepared to welcome the grace of God. The scriptures tell us that God fills the hungry with good things, and Jesus himself says, Whoever comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Believing this message, the woman followed after Jesus. Already she has greater faith than most people. She knows that she is in desperate need. Most people don't. She believes that Jesus is willing to be kind and gracious to her. Not many people will confess this. And then she follows after him. And the Bible says narrow is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. This woman, we might say, is at the top of the class. And so what happens next seems like a very hard blow. Jesus ignores her. 
It is as though her experience tells her that what was reported about Jesus is false. He does not appear to be acting in a merciful or loving manner. It seems as though God is distant or silent or even worse, angry. And this is where the wrestling begins. The saints of every generation have wrestled in this way. And whether you've considered it or not, so have you. The Israelites, after being delivered from Egypt by great signs and miracles and the mighty hand of God, were led by the very same God into certain death. The Red Sea before them, mountains surrounding them, and Pharaoh's mighty host following up behind. David was anointed by God to be king of Israel and then spent the next 20 years running for his life from Saul. Daniel prayed to God every day and was rewarded for his faithfulness by being thrown into a den of lions. And in the New Testament, St. Paul prayed three times that God would remove the thorn from his flesh, yet this was not God's will. And I am certain that you, a believer in Christ, have asked fervently for things that you feel you desperately need and have heard no answer. So then what? Well, I can guarantee you that the devil is always right there to accuse both you and God. See, he doesn't hear your prayers. He doesn't listen. And why should he? Why should he listen to a sinner? In last week's text, The Temptation of Christ, the devil said to Jesus, if you truly were God's son, he wouldn't have abandoned you in this way. And the old accuser always has evidence. Look at your life. Look at your situation. Look at your suffering. This is proof that God is angry with you. But the Canaanite woman would not be dissuaded from what she had heard about Jesus. No matter what the circumstances told her, no matter how she perceived God to be acting toward her, she hung on to what she had heard about Jesus and refused all other evidence. God's word tells me that he desires to be merciful to the undeserving. And this means He will be merciful to me. First, Jesus ignored her, but she didn't give up. Then he said he was only sent to Israelites, the true children of God. This didn't faze her either. Maybe she had heard about God's habit for adopting orphans into his family. And then finally, Jesus said, it's not right to cast the children's bread to the dogs. In other words, he said to her, you are a poor, miserable sinner. And this, for many people, is too much. I've even heard sermons that apologize for what Jesus said to this woman. But she wasn't offended by his words. What she heard was, I'm getting a crumb. And one crumb from the table of the Lord is more than enough for me. One drop from his chalice, can cleanse the filthiest sinner. This last answer from Jesus was the proof 
of what this woman had believed. Jesus will be merciful to me just as his word tells me he will. But until he does show me mercy, I'm not going to stop wrestling. I'm not going to let him off the hook. I'm going to continue to remind him of his promises because I know he is a man and a God of his word. Now, why did Jesus act this way? And why was this account written for us? It was written for our comfort and instruction, that we might know how deeply God sometimes hides his grace from us. Why? So that we would not consider him according to our perception, but according to his word. This is a matter of faith. My circumstances tell me that God has abandoned me. My sins tell me that I am eternally lost. My eyes tell me that I am experiencing God's disfavor and punishment. But we do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. And this means that we walk by what we hear. The ear is the organ of faith. And when God appears harsh and distant to our eyes, it is because he is teaching us to rely on what our ears hear from his word. We must learn to turn away from our perception of God, what our eyes and our reason and our experiences tell us of him, and trust solely in what he has promised us. This is true faith, and the Canaanite woman is an example of this in action. Faith is like a bulldog with a stick. It hangs on to the promises of Jesus and refuses to let go, no matter what comes. Yes, Lord, it's all true. I am a sinner. I am unworthy of your grace. But you have promised to give forgiveness to sinners. This means that by your own words, which are backed by the blood you shed on the cross, you are bound to have mercy on me. This is the faith that pleases God And Jesus' harsh treatment of the Canaanite woman was for a purpose, to draw out this faith and cause her to cling ever more tightly to his word of promise. This is how God strengthens our faith, so that come what may, nothing can sever us from the mercy and the goodness of God, which he has promised freely to every repentant sinner. This is how God desires to be known, not through reason, senses, or experience, but through his gracious word. And only here, in the word of God, can we apprehend God as he wants to be found, according to his mercy, for the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name, amen.